This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Welcome aboard on this Friday the 13th, Dan Cilio National Football Show. A lot of football. First true week of the exhibition season in the National Football League is here. And do we have storylines? Just even off the two games that were played last night. Spectacular stuff. On top of that, we are packed for show as well. We have the great Jared Bell from USA Today, who covers the National Football League. It is also a Pro Football Hall of Fame voter. And then in hour number two, part of the broadcast team and one of the truly great Eagles of all time, we will talk with Mike Quick. Get his thoughts on what he saw last night in that game last night against the Steelers and Eagles. So we'll talk to Mike Quick. That'll be in hour number two. If you want to bring any thoughts to also today on this Friday on what you potentially saw last night and add it to the show, have at it. We got an opportunity for you just to drop some notes in there for us, and we'll hit on them. Anything you want to bring up, we'll bring it up as well. Let me start it with this, though. It's funny. I was talking to my boy, Cal, prior to going on the air here. I'm going to really start it with baseball. I just want to say something about the Field of Dreams game last night. That was truly one of the greatest moments baseball has had in the last decade. It was fun. It was entertaining. It was great. Instead of the old farts telling you, look at how baseball needs to be played. The integrity of the game. PEDs cannot destroy, you know, that stuff. That's all dumb. Get off my lawn, old man guy. Last night, baseball did something out of the box. They took a movie that touched many Americans' hearts had many different feelings about a movie. They applied it to real life, and it came alive last night. Judge hitting home runs in a cornfield, a walk-off home run, the old Black Sox uniforms. Who would have ever thought that? Baseball would put Black Sox uniforms, the 1919 uniforms, on the Chicago White Sox, and there they were playing the Yankees. In some city in Iowa. Incredible. Baseball needs to do more of that. Have fun with your sport. The NFL, the reason why they've run past baseball is exactly because of moments like that last night that the NFL has fun on draft day. They have draft parties. They get you ready for exhibition football. The Hall of Fame speeches the Hall of Fame game. They make everything fan-friendly. Major League Baseball is stuck in the mud, but last night it was a great moment for them. Baseball took a page out of the NFL. Have fun with your sport. You've got so many great young players in that sport, and how are you not battling with the NFL every single weekend 
and every single week for headlines. Your sport has been a fixture in this country. USA Apple Pie and Major League Baseball. That's not quite the case anymore. The NFL runs the day now when it comes to sports. But last night, you had me doing this. Well, let me keep an eye on what's going on with Philly, Philadelphia and the Steelers and watch what Washington's doing against New England. But I want to see some of this game. Costner comes out of the cornfield. Then the Yankees and White Sox come out. You know, not quite the same diamond, but right across from the diamond that they filmed the movie on. Dude, that was great stuff last night. And tell me, you know, there were people in America that were on Twitter and they were saying, that's emotional because it reminds me of my relation. That's great. Baseball, don't lose that moment. You should have the annual all-star game there maybe. Do something with that ballpark because America now, they tuned in for that. Football fans tuned in for that thing. All right. Let's get into what we saw a little bit last night. We're going to start with the Eagles and the Steelers last night. I told you the number one thing that I was going to watch. Um, you know, and, and remember, let's let, let's start this out here. You know, as I've told you before, my NFL career wasn't all that long. But, you know, let me think here. How many exhibition games have I played in? Okay, eight in two years, then another one, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. I think there was something like 16 exhibition games that, and I probably started almost every one of them. Okay. So Big Seals has got, Big Seals has got a lot of experience with exhibition football here. I wouldn't go crazy, but again, it's noteworthy. If they're playing the game, they're doing it for a reason. You know why? They're evaluating. I'm not going to give you score because I don't really care about the score. I could care less. If it doesn't count in the standings, I don't care. Okay, I have no caring. But I do have caring on how the players performed and also, most notably, how the coaches performed. Remember, this is Sirianni's first time, you know, taking his four swings as a head football coach. How did he do on the sideline? I thought the team was pretty balanced when it came to knowing their assignments. I thought that the Eagles – um, they knew their teams, offense, defense, special teams. Thought he did a decent job at play calling. By the way, something else that was significant. He's throwing big plays plus 25 out of his own end zone. Okay, is that going to be something that we're going to see, or are they just trying to get a sense of what Jalen Hurts is all about? Okay, that could be something there. But it looks like he's going to – this is going to be a deep passing type offense. Well, you know, it's predicated on the fact that you went out – and drafted a wide receiver like Devontae Smith, you want to try to get the football to your playmakers. I'm not saying that Philadelphia has a boatload of playmakers, but I thought Sirianni did a nice job last night. I wouldn't go crazy last night on anything in evaluation of what it looked like what the coach did or didn't do last night. Again, like I said, him throwing the ball around the yard, I thought there was a comfort zone inside the offense. Defense knew exactly kind of what they were asked to do. And the Steelers are a pretty good um, unit. They're not a bad unit. I'm going to get to them a little bit later. But, you know, it's not the same Steeler team as, say, four years ago. But uh, it's a well-coached team. Anytime you got Mike Tomlin on the other side of the football field, you know you're going to be organized. So, Sirianni, what would I give him as a grade? I'd give him a C. I thought he was okay. Nothing 
spectacular, nothing awful. And again, I like the way they moved the football around, and I like the way they were going plus 25. So it was it, it was good to see you see what he's trying to do. There's a method underneath. Tight end's going to play a factor in this offense, maybe running backs two out of the backfield. But uh, as we more get – and remember something, you're not really game planning too much because you're still evaluating, and you're in the evaluation status of who's going to be truly your starters at particular positions. You've got an idea right now. If you're Sirianni and Howie Roseman, you pretty much have a 70% understanding of who's going to be starting at respected positions. Okay, so you 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 kind of already know. You're just filling in the gap right now with some battles that you have going on in other key positions on your football team. Jalen Hurts, three of seven, um, 54 yards. You know, two drops. Could have been, you know, five of seven. Hurts dropped the pass. Okay, yes. Yeah, okay, you know what? I said this and... I, I told Cal this before we went on the air. You know, I would, I, I'm not down or up. There's no thumbs up, no thumbs down. I still think it's kind of incomplete. I didn't think he did anything, you know, erroneously wrong. I thought that, you know, he has a great enthusiasm for the game. But, again, I'm, I don't care about the enthusiasm for the game. You're at the NFL level, and you're one of the starting quarterbacks in the NFL. And, you know, you should be enthusiastic. Joe Flacco throws a touchdown pass. I don't know. I say this about Flacco. Flacco's going to be good for whoever takes a starting gig in Philadelphia. It's going to be good to have him sitting there as an emergency guy. And on top of that, he's going to be good to have a young quarterback go over and ask questions to. Why wouldn't you? You have a guy that won a Super Bowl that's sitting there on your bench, and a young quarterback comes over to him, and he starts asking questions. That, to me, is a, that's a hidden asset that Flacco's going to give. Joe played okay, you know, and I said, and I did tweet it out. It wouldn't shock me if Flacco sometimes during the year ends up winning that job from Jalen Hurts because Jalen Hurts is going to struggle. He is. And I say that because Jalen Hurts is unlike any other guy who's getting an opportunity to play quarterback in the NFL. Everyone struggles at that position unless you're TB12. Okay, fair enough. But everybody struggles. Some struggle early. Some struggle in the middle of their career. Some struggle late in their career. It could be a variety of reasons. And sometimes, not even at your own, you know, your own peril that you go out there and you're playing great, but the team around you. For instance, Deshaun Watson a year ago. Deshaun Watson had one of the best quarterbacking years in NFL history. Hell, if you put the 17th game on, that guy may have thrown for almost 6,000 yards. That guy was a heck of a football player. But his team was 4-12. and 12. Nothing really he could do about it. They couldn't stop anybody. So end of the day, Jalen Hurts, the Eagles, I don't know. They were okay. That Pittsburgh Steeler team is going to struggle this year. Their offensive line is going to be by far a problem. Steelers are going to be a problem. Okay, they are. They're going to be a problem within themselves because they didn't do a good enough job of retooling that offensive line. And the guys that they have, they're moving around. You can tell technique-wise, they're nowhere near where they were in the past. You know, the strengths of the Pittsburgh Steelers for decades has always been their offensive line. And you just don't see it. So I saw a lot of miscommunication last night. I saw a lot of guys in that offensive line 
you know, questioning each other. You saw them asking. There were snap count issues with the Steelers last night. They're going to struggle. And by the way, you know, I, I watched Najee Harris run the ball. I got, I got a note for you, and I'll talk about this a little bit later on in the show. Don't be Trent Richardson, dude. Run in between the tackles. Don't start doing that peekaboo thinking you're going to start leaping over, guys. You're not Derrick Henry yet. This guy's pretending he's Derrick Henry. Run the ball. I was not impressed with you last night. And you're one of the kids that I'm looking at this coming 2021 rookie season that I think could be a really good player. That was not a very good beginning. I was not. How about this? He did not wow me like I thought he was going to do. They brought him in for a reason in Pittsburgh. That was to put that kid in a position where the Steelers could run in the red zone and they could pick up the hard yards that they couldn't pick up last year in short yard situations. Don't be Trent Richardson. Be Derrick Henry. And you're not Derrick Henry yet. You look more like Trent Richardson last night. So I'd be careful about that. Okay, well, again, I, you know, nothing to go thumbs up or thumbs down on. But here, know this about when you're making a conversation about Jalen Hurts here. Jalen Hurts doesn't need to be spectacular here. He just needs to stay away from this. Third and long and turnovers. You can't do anything else about what can happen with a lack of talent on your team. If you don't have the talent, it's not all on you. Play within your skill set and what you have in your huddle. It's okay to punt. It's okay to play special teams. There's two other parts of your team, defense and special teams. Brady understands that. Jalen and young quarterbacks have a hard time understanding that. A punt sometimes is your best friend, especially when you have a guy that could change field position. That's where, you know, listen, this is what I always say, and I thought Dallas always missed the ball on this. If you're going to develop a young quarterback, make sure you have a lights-out defense and you have a running game and you have special teams. Remember when the Steelers brought Roethlisberger in? Ben wasn't really all that his first couple of years out of Miami of Ohio. But they ran the ball with Bettis. They had a great defense with Joey Porter. And they played special teams. Heinz Ward was awesome at kickoff and punt returns. That's how the Steelers beat you. They weren't knocking people around with big scores and big numbers and knocking light bulbs out on scoreboards. They weren't doing any of that. So when you're jailing, this is the one thing, again, where Howie may be a little bit light in that roster. That roster's not good enough to win uh, nine ball games. It's not. That roster's not good enough, most notably because you don't have the depth at key positions, O-line, D-line, you know, back in the secondary. It's not a very good secondary still. So they got a lot of work to do in putting, you know, some players and get some more personnel upgrades at some of those key spots. Your running game needs to get a lot better, especially when you're working in a new quarterback. Got to be better there. Got to be better. So we'll talk more about that. I do want to talk a little bit about Mac Jones as well. Um, I'll say this to you about Mac Jones. You know, people are all, all over the place right now. He was 13 of 19. I think it was like under 90 yards, just a little bit, like a tick under 90 yards. Quarterback was put in in New England after Cam Newton went out there and did a pretty decent job. I thought Cam looked good. And Cam's going to look good. 
You know, people are now today, you know what the big conversation is going around like uh, sports talk and going around all the NFL shows? It's Mac Jones time. You know, off of one exhibition game, it's Mac Jones time in New England. Here's why it's not Mac Jones time. That team is not set up for Mac Jones. What does Mac Jones do well? He throws from the pocket. You don't have skill set guys that wide out New England yet. What is the number one strength of the New England Patriots? They run the football. Okay? They run the football. So when you have a running quarterback like Cam Newton, Mac Jones is not going to make a boatload of yards. Last year he had 10 touchdowns in Cam running the ball. That team is set up today. Hey, three years from now, two years from now, 2022, Mac Jones is your guy. But that roster right now is not set up for him. And you always have to put that into consideration when you're talking about putting a player like that on the field. To kill Harry, you really feel just on a couple practices, you think this guy's really turning his career around in New England? I don't think so. So I would say this to you. Slow down a little bit on Mac Jones. The offense, like I said, is not set up for his style of play. New England needs wideouts. They need more tight end play. They need to make sure that their left and their right tackles are equipped to be great pass protectors. You know, when, when you're somebody like Cam Newton and the play breaks down and nobody gets open, Cam's going to get you 10 yards. Mac Jones is not. That's not what that offense has been set up to do. That offense has been set up to run the football, play old-style football, get you know guys down on the ground on defense. New England's a 10-win 10-win team. If they can keep that quarterback upright, and I'm talking Cam, Mac looks like he could be the dude. He looks like there's something there to him in the pocket. You know, he moves his feet around well, he sees the wideouts, he threw some nice passes, but again, you don't have the setting for him. You don't have the group setting. You don't have the offensive personnel settings for him. That's why it's not time for him. You see, when it comes to constructing a football team, you got to remember something, too. Let's go back to Philly here for an instance. So Jalen Hurts right now, we would all agree he's a mobile quarterback, right? That offense was set up for Nick Foles and for Carson Wentz. For the last four years, three years. That thing has been a Wentz-Foles offense. Those quarterbacks are not going to take off and get massive yards. Those quarterbacks are going to try to find the tight end on the seam. When healthy, Jeffries and Jackson, when they were healthy, they were trying to find them doing post or in routes. That's what that offense was set up for. Again, the fact that they never really had any kind of running game, I think eventually caught up to them because that's what coordinators are going to do. You don't have a running game? Well, guess what? I'm not going to I'm going to play man coverage on you and then I'm going to press you on third and short. I may give you the zones underneath, but I'm going to press you on third and short because I don't respect your run game. What's killed Philadelphia the last 2 years, 3 years? Their running attack has not helped their quarterback out at all. You look like Detroit with Stafford up there. Very limited in your running game. And when you don't have a running game and you have a young quarterback, it's, it's destined for, the, for disaster. Howie needed to go out and get a running back this offseason to up that 
offense so that if he's struggling, you're st- look at what they did in Indianapolis, okay? Here, here's a, here's a for instance. Andrew Luck did what? Andrew Luck retired right on Frank Reich. Boom, he's out. And you're like this, holy crap, they got to get Jacoby Brissett. They bring him in. Jacoby actually does pretty well for them. Chris Ballard, general manager, he builds up the defense and offensive side, made a trade for Houston in Kansas City, brings him in. The defense and offense are one of the two best units. Actually, if you think about it, that Indianapolis team looks like the Eagle team of three years ago. You're damn good up front, and you're damn good over on the defensive front. Which means what? If your quarterback is struggling, he's 10 of 20. Turn around and give it to Jonathan Taylor. Just give it to Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor can calm the game down, can shorten the game for you. Guy ended up with over 1,100 yards rushing. I mean, that's what that team is set up for. And it's set up for a guy like a Carson Wentz. I think Wentz is going to go into Indianapolis. I think he's going to absolutely rejuvenate his career. Absolutely going to do it. Because he's got offensive help. And he's got a coordinator that understands his strengths and weaknesses. They're still trying to figure this out with Jalen Hurts. Like I said, you know, and people automatically thought that I was throwing shade on Jalen when I posted Jalen Hurts, three of seven, 54 yards. Okay. Well, what did you expect? He had two drops in there, five of seven. Okay. I'm not down on the kid. The kid just didn't wow me. Should he be wowing me in preseason game one? No, but you know what I would have did? I'd have played his ass more. What are you saving him for? Why is Joe Flacco even getting reps? I know what Joe Flacco is. Joe Flacco can come off the sideline at any time and give me a four or five series where we could be in the game still. Could Joe Flacco carry you 60 minutes? I'm not sure anymore. But Joe could come in and be a substitute teacher if somebody's late coming to class. You know what I mean? He's not going to kill you. This guy knows how to run a huddle. Why are we saving... Jalen Hurts, what's the problem here? Let's get this guy's ass in there. This next second and third exhibition game, I expect to see this guy play a half. And then in the third one, I'd like to see him play a half and then into the third. So make no mistake about it. Bottom line here is just know this. Okay, we need to see a little bit more of them. All right, we're going to take a time out here because we're going to talk to our friend Jared Bell. Jared Bell, USA Today, NFL Hall of Fame voter. We'll get his spin as we go into the first exhibition week of the National Football League. Keep it right here on the National Football Show. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Ah, the savoring taste of a good bag of beef jerky is so enjoyable at any time of the day. As long as you can find it. Here's what we suggest. 
Pure Bull Beef Jerky is our answer, and soon it will be yours. Locally produced in the Philadelphia region, this high-quality, healthy protein snack is easy to secure. Go to Steersnacks.com, and you'll see hot garlic, tropical heat, Pure Bull Dry Rub, and our favorite, Huck and Fod. What's that? Huck and Fod. Go now to Steersnacks.com. Welcome to the Wildwoods, the perfect place where you can safely do everything or nothing at all. Catch a wave, take a nap, go for a drive, grab a bite. It's your vacation, and we're doing everything we can to make it a safe one. The Wildwoods, your vacation, your way. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. This is a key. It's a family tree. It's a pair of wings. It's a secret handshake. And a ticket to anywhere in the world. It's more than a uniform. It's the door to a world most people only dream of. There's strong, and then there's Army strong. Try it on at GoArmy.com. Dan Cilio, National Football Show, here on this Friday the 13th. Just saw my boy Krause go. It's Mac Jones time. It will be. It will be when they have the personnel around them. Here, I'll give you a for instance on something here. You know, why do you think most NFL teams don't draft left-handed quarterbacks? Why, why, why do you think that you don't see left-handed quarterbacks as your backup? Why do you guys think that? Tua Tugavaiola is the first left-handed quarterback in the NFL since 2015. Why, why do you think you don't see left-handed quarterbacks? Because you built the team for right-handed passers. You built the team, which means this. Your backside, your left tackle, is the guy that's protecting your blind side. If you turn that thing around, that means your lowest paid offensive tackle is now protecting the blind side of a left-handed quarterback. Traditionally, he's the lesser of the two. It goes left tackle center for offensive lineman and pay scale. That guy's traditionally not your highest paid guy. And you just can't flip a guy over like that. Like many people think, well, he'll just go over and play right side. 
it's a whole different technique. It's a different hand down. It's a different step. you got to practice techniques. Remember what I told you a couple days ago in the NFL? Everybody benches 500 pounds and runs four eights in the NFL. This is all technique once you get to this level. That's why we practice over and 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 over again. Technique. You're constantly practicing square ends, footsteps, pass rushing steps. Yes, to your steps. Two, right, four. Three, six, nine. Those are all steps that you have in pass rushing. Guys practice this. You know, they'll actually put little feet down and you've got to hit these. So that you're working on your foot movement all the time when you're pass rushing. My point is, is that in New England, that football team is not set up yet for him. Now, they first had to figure if he can play. And first exhibition game, you're doing this. Hey, look good. Believe me, in New England, they're not going to fall over themselves over a Mac Jones siding and go like this. Well, this guy here, man, he's just... He, he was spectacular. They're not going to do that. They're going to want to see more consistency because remember something. When you're evaluating a football team, it's three games. That's what you get in trends. Like when you're going to play against a football team, do you know what traditionally an NFL team will do? They'll take the last three games that you played, and if there's a common opponent, and on top of that, the last time you played them, if the same coaching staff is intact. They'll put all those in there. And what they'll do is they'll give you a trend book. And you start reading trends like this. Eagles like to do this on second and six. That's their top four plays. This is what the uh, Steelers like to do when they're inside the 20-yard line. This is what the Giants like to do when they've got their back to the goal line. And you'll see these plays, and you'll have them etched in your mind as you're out there on the field, and you'll be reminded. That's why those tablets are out there now, because they have trends. Most of the guys that are on the sidelines now, especially on the defensive side, what they're watching for is, and they're looking for, they're looking for trends. More information you have, the better prepared you are. Okay? And that's what you're doing. So they're going to want to see a little more from Mac. You know, and, and, and that's why I was a little disappointed last night. When I was watching, you know, Jalen, I'd like to have seen a little bit more. All right. One of my favorite people, by the way, don't forget our two, Mike Quick, one of the legendary Eagle wide receivers from the broadcast team will join us in hour two. But let's get to our friend now, Jared Bell. I can't believe it. I don't, I don't know. I don't know, Jared, why I feel this way, but I was like, there's exhibition football. And I started remembering my going like this. You know, every veteran hated this, but I guess it was really good for the fans last night. The field football, once again, we didn't have the exhibition season last week, but it was cool to see football back playing again. Yeah, you know, and I didn't watch a single down yesterday. <laughs> but, 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 but let me say this. I went to the Hall of Fame game, okay? And after about, you know, three or four plays, yes, it felt like exhibition football. But, you know, I was interested still throughout the game because I wanted to see how Dwayne Haskins looked. That was last week when Pittsburgh and Dallas played. But other than that, it was kind of like, and then, you know, you saw Najee Harris, but I mean, it's preseason. Um, but yeah, you talk about Hurts. Um, I saw the reviews on Mac Jones with uh, the Patriots. People said he looked pretty good. 
Um, so that's what you're looking for, especially for, you know, for quarterbacks and stuff, right? You know, Jared, this is – I'm going to start with Jalen. You know, last night, you know, he was uh, three for seven, two drop passes. You know, he could have easily been five for seven. Here, when, when you're going through a new offense and you're putting in – I saw them go plus 25 a few times last night. For a guy like that, though, that has accuracy question marks and also the lack of playing time, um, I would expect to see him in these next two or three games to get a lot of reps. Wouldn't you, especially if Sirianni is not naming him the starter as of right now? He was asked three times last week. You think Jalen's your guy going forward into 2021? He goes, I'm not there yet. Now, there's no way it's Flacco, I don't think. I mean, how do, how do you see how this thing is being played out and maybe even coached in Philadelphia? Yeah, um, yeah, I want to make a point on that. But um, we're talking about Seriano. Urban Meyer said some of the same stuff about Trevor Lawrence. And, uh, I'm not there yet. Or I don't know how, if he said those exact words. But, you know, I was in Jacksonville the first week of training camp, and they alternated Trevor Lawrence and Gardner Minshew with the first unit on on each on those days. And and I asked Urban when he was gonna just, you know, go ahead and make it official. And that was 10 days ago. And then I saw his comments today saying something similar. But when it comes to Jalen Hurts and Nick Sariani, it is interesting because I was going to go to see Hurts at the Eagles mini camp in, in um, June, right? Before training, before vacation, all that stuff. And they canceled the doggone thing, right? <laughs> they canceled minicamp and or the last couple of days or whatever, they had more work that could have been done under the union rules, right? And to not take advantage of that with a young quarterback, I thought that was crazy. If you didn't want the media to see whatever, whatever, okay, what is that worth? But the Ravens had their minicamp. I went to that. Washington had its mini camp. You bet you that Bill Belichick had his mini camp, right? So you ask about how this thing is being coached. And yeah, I'm scratching my head on that one. So the same thing now you spin forward a few weeks into the preseason. And how many reps are you going to give them? You know, what do you really need to see? And what does he really need to see as far as the speed of the game and everything? Excuse me, and everything. You know what? You know what, too, Jared? I, I saw something last night that I was really happy on what I saw on the Steelers' side. I think the Steelers are going to struggle a little bit in that offensive line. I don't really think that that is one of their best units that they've had over the last decade. But I'll, I'll tell you this. I watched Dwayne Haskins last night, and I went like this. Holy crap, this guy looks like a pro quarterback. He was back in the pocket. He's throwing dimes. He, he, looked, he stood tall in the pocket. Could it just be better coaching that could help this kid and maybe the Steelers fall into something here where he goes to a place that accountability is the number one priority when you're playing in Pittsburgh? Can it help him and him really be the guy maybe coming out of Ohio State that everyone thought he was? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I went and did a story on him and talked to him, talked to Tomlin and some other people. And environment is everything when it comes, especially to a quarterback, a young quarterback, an immature quarterback, let's face it, um, more so off the field when you talk about those maturity issues. But, yeah, you're in Pittsburgh, and it's a definite different culture 
than you had in Washington. And then you think about this with his Washington experience. Now, I'm not making any excuses for some of the boneheaded stuff he did. I mean, going to a club with strippers and no mask in the middle of a pandemic on the night that you lost the game and you played poorly. Every time I mention Dwayne Haskins, it's like I got to mention that, right? <laughs> but, so I'm not, I'm not excusing that, right? But when you, even if that didn't happen, and you talk about where should Dwayne Haskins go coming out of Ohio State, of all places, where the quarterbacks don't really have the reputation of being as pro-ready as they are at a lot of other places. And you go to Washington, and the coach at the time was Jay Gruden. He didn't want him. Okay, yeah. Dan Snyder wanted him. Jay Gruden didn't really want him. They pick him in the first round, so that's an investment. That's obvious, right? And then Rivera comes in because they can Jay Gruden. Rivera has no collateral with the kid and and you know i'm sure he wanted to knock knock on the tires and see what he had and <laughs> before the end of the before the end of the season he's out of there right and you think about when they cut him too dan i mean alex smith was hurt they were down to taylor henneke you know uh allen was out with, with injuries and they have no quarterbacks and they got to win the game to get to the playoffs and they say we'll still cut him <laughs> so so that tells you something but all that to say, where are we now? And one thing that Dwayne Haskins told me that I thought was really, really significant, he said, Ben Roethlisberger is helping me. Huh. And, he, and he says, I go out of my way to be around Ben, to even when he's not talking to me, just to watch him and how he communicates and how he runs this thing. And he says, I'd be, it'll be a shame on me if I did not take the time to do that. But the other part of that is that Ben is receptive and Ben is willing to want to help this kid just learn the offense and learn the culture and all of that. And that was not the case in Washington, right? So he really feels like he's got some support in terms of people kind of looking out for his interests. And then Mike Tomlin right there, um, knowing that this kid was a great talent coming out of Ohio State. And if they can get him right, then they may have the successor to Ben. Say it's next year, maybe with Ben, you never know. It might be two years or three years or whatever. But if it's a couple years or so, they may have the guy right there, a first-round talent that they got for waivers. Okay? They didn't even give him a signing bonus when they signed him in January. So no investment. It's only a one-year contract. So if this thing continues positively in this you know, circumstance, they'll have to do another contract. But again, they may have found a successor to Ben Roethlisberger. It's almost like James Harrison 2.0. I mean, you know, you find James Harrison on the, on the cut pile and you, you know what, and you bring him in. I mean, that's typical Steeler. I want to go back up to New England and, and, and you tell me if you subscribe to why this is what I'm saying about Mac Jones. You know what? I saw the numbers. I got them down here. He was 13 to 19, 87 yards. Okay. I actually thought Cam was really good last night. I thought he had a really better understanding of what Josh McDaniel was asking him. But here's why I say it's not Mac Jones time. That football team, Jared, is not set up right now for a drop back quarterback. The strength of the New England Patriots is in the offensive line. They don't have a lot of real skilled guys. Nikhil Harry's like decent so far in the first week and a half. I wouldn't bank anything on that right now. But if you're going to have breakdowns in plays, um, especially passing plays, I want a guy that's got 
you know, had three years where he's went over 10 rushing touchdowns and he's a former MVP. He knows how to run the huddle. I'm not saying that Mac Jones is not going to be the starter 22, 23, but right now the way this team's constructed, it's constructed for Cam. Do you agree what I'm saying? Um, For the most part, because one of the things that I wonder about is, you know, they're going to be the two quarterbacks. What if one starts and then, and then gets hurt? Then what are they going to do with the offense? How are they going to have to adjust the offense to whoever, you know, the quarterback would be? Um, but, yeah, all of those things you said about Cam definitely would say that's the guy you're going to try to roll the ball out with on September 12th, right? And Cam should be better. That's the thing. Because last year, Cam didn't sign until yeah. almost the middle of July. It was early July. Remember, he, you know, yeah. he out there just without a team for a long time. So it was a rush, rush thing for him, for him to, to, to get there. So this whole offseason, the experience of last season, now we've got to see, you know how they, they say it with rookies from year one to year two. Well, in Cam's case, obviously he's not a rookie, but year one to year two in his offense – Let's see what happens because the one knock on Cam, in my mind, from last season, even knowing you know the difficulty he had in, in, in getting acclimated there, you know the timeline, was the fact that the Patriots lost. I want to say at least four games last year. Yeah, five. Where if Tom Brady, and hey, that's the standard, right? If Tom Brady were coaching those, were playing those games, they probably would have won them because they had a chance to win at the end four times and they lost. And yeah, it could have been an 11, hey, Jared, it could have been an 11 win team. Yeah, yeah. So can Cam make the difference in crunch time, make the right plays, run that thing the way it really needs to, to, to click in crunch time. But in terms of the construction of their team, they've given him more weapons. Now they've got two tight ends again and they've got a little bit of speed. You know, they got the guy from uh, San Francisco. Uh, so you know how it is with the Patriots. They bring in like eight people and see which two stick, right? <laughs> so at the tight ends, I'm gonna they're gonna stick. But the receivers, yeah, it's still a question of who's really going to emerge as reliable and they do need to speed. Couple last questions here for you, Jared. I'm gonna take you to Los Angeles with the Rams. And I've been bringing this up the last couple of days and I wanna get your thoughts if you think the league is caught up with Sean McVay. And here's my premise to that. First year coaching, the Rams, they're number one in offense. Everybody's like, oh, my God, he's the new. This is what every young quarter uh, quarterback guru or slash young head coach should look like, Sean McVay. Next year, they're second. Not bad. You're one and two. I mean, you're not going to shake a stick at that. And the third year, they go down to number 11. I know Gurley is not any part of the offense anymore. They lost play action when they don't have a running game. And then last year, they were 22nd. Yeah. Has the league caught up? with Sean McVay, and that's why the move to go and get Stafford because there's no question. I mean, they needed to have a scapegoat in this because the offense has been regressing since he first got there in Los Angeles. Is, is this why they had to make that move? It's because, quite frankly, it's not so much that it was golf. It was that they were catching up with McVay. Do you agree? I, I think there's some truth to that, not totally. Because what you said about Ty Gurley is really, really huge. You think about when Gurley was, you know, MVP caliber player and what that did to the offense and how it opened everything else up. True. They haven't been able to have that. So, yeah. But I don't think that it's fair to put it all on Jared Goff. 
And I also think that, yes, if they haven't caught up with them, they they definitely cut down the, you know, the, the, the advantage that he had. Because you know how it is in the NFL, man. They These defensive coordinators, I mean, they're, they're in the film room all offseason trying to figure this up. So they've got it down in terms of what he does. And so now it's on Sean McVay, how do you adjust to how they adjust, you know, all of that stuff. Yeah. And here's what is going to be really interesting for me to see and how it plays out. Jared Goff and Matthew Stafford are two different types of quarterback, right? So you can knock Jared Goff, but the one thing Jared Goff did that really made him successful when he was at his best in that offense was the fact that he had nimble feet. And he could run those uh, waggle plays and those rollouts and the play action and get himself in position to then throw it or whatever, right? Matthew Stafford is not that guy, or at least he has not shown that. He doesn't, he's not a, you know, he's not a statue by, by no means, but he is a drop back pass. He's got a great arm. So better arm than Jared Goff, but not as good of footwork. And Matthew Stafford still may be better because of, you know, he's got that moxie. See, that, that's the thing about, you know, Jared Goff is a tough guy, but Matthew Stafford in Detroit and some of the struggles they've had there, he's kind of had to prove it. And, and he's a clutch guy late in the game and all that kind of stuff. So they've got that. But style of offense, which is where we started with this, that's going to be interesting to see. And maybe Stafford and McVay will surprise us and Stafford will do more waggles than, than he ever has in his life. I don't know if they're going to do that or does McVay alter it to take best advantage of what he has with Matthew Stafford and that, that, that big time arm. Okay. Let me, let me finish with this then you're there in Baltimore. No, I'm in Atlanta. Oh, you're in Atlanta today. Okay. Well, let me, let me throw this at you here. Oh, you did. Okay. I love Atlanta, man. (laughs) Holy cow, what a great city. Yeah. Let me let me let me throw this to you about Lamar Jackson. I haven't covered the team and been yep. around it a lot. So last year, if I'm not mistaken, I had to look it up, I think, and I was really stunned. So he missed a game, Lamar Jackson, because of COVID. Yeah. Then he catches it again. Yeah. So obviously he's not vaccinated. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. there's a contract con you know, conversation going on between his agent and him. I guess it's his mom. In him, he's handling this himself. The organization loves him. John Harbaugh loves him. Is this going to get in the way at all in any, you know, kind of friction that here's a guy, they had a, they put some um, statement out the NFL. If you miss a game, you could potentially forfeit a game. And as tight as the AFC is this year, Jared, that could be the difference between a one and two seed. If you get a game where you have to forfeit, I mean, how is the Ravens taking this? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm not any, I don't have any inside uh, insight from the Ravens on this, except, you know, I, I, I do believe what they say publicly in terms of, um, you know, they're supporting him and they, you know, they, they want this thing to go as smoothly as possible because he is their franchise guy. They know what, you know, he brings when he's all there. But now we're talking about reliability. And just a, a quick point about the contract thing when you're a rookie and you're coming into the league, and you don't have an agent. I don't think it's that big of a deal. Correct. And Lamar obviously didn't because, and he told me this way back then, that you know they're slotting. You know, you get drafted. Yeah. 15th, you're gonna get this much. And, That's and, right. 
And in his case, I guess it was 32nd or 29. Well, during my time, Jared, you had to have one because there was negotiating. But like you said, this new CBA or the last CBA, you were slotted. There was no need for an agent. But on the second contract, different story, right? right? There is no slotting. They're slotting from the standpoint that you say, here's what the market value is. Here's what Russell Wilson's got and Aaron Rodgers and, and Dak Prescott. You know, and Patrick Mahomes. So you're going to come somewhere in there like that. Um, but yeah, yeah, we'll see how this thing goes. But back to the COVID question, because I was at their mini camp, and uh, and this was back in June, and I did ask him point blank about the the vaccination, and he didn't answer it. But he gave an answer that made it seem like he did not have the vaccination, and then he catches it again. So, um, you know. There are people that are just adamantly opposed to, to getting the vaccine. And, you know, 95, 92, 93% of NFL players have been vaccinated. But these high profile cases that won't get vaccinated, and look at Minnesota and Kirk Cousins, same thing yeah. could happen to them. And they could be one game away, and the whole quarterback room gets wiped out, you know, because one guy's got it and the other guys are close contact. Uh, Cole Beasley with the Buffalo Bills is another of the high pro. So those are the high profile guys. And there's, you know, others, I'm sure. But, uh, you know, over 90 percent of the players are vaccinated. So it is definitely putting your team um, at a potential disadvantage by not getting vaccinated. And I think I just think it's good, you know, good business or good health to to do it anyway. But um, I was talking to Miles Garrett last week at Brown's camp and you know he had COVID last year like Lamar Jackson and really struggled with it when he came back I mean he did come back after missing two games but he was never the same and he said when that vaccination thing came to him that opportunity there was no hesitation so you know different people have different viewpoints on it obviously it's been pretty divisive in this country but really in the NFL if the country had the rate of vaccinations that the NFL had, we probably would be out of this pandemic. <laughs> hey, I have to do, I have to sneak these Hall of Fame questions into you because I had, boy, I had Howard Balzer on and I had Jason Cole on in the last two weeks. And I said, I have to ask my friend Jared Bell this question. You know that, you know, I've got to throw up to you. Next year, eligibility wise, I told you this last time, Reggie Wayne is eligible. Andre Johnson becomes eligible and the outlier Devin Hester becomes eligible for pro football hall of fame. If you were to pick one of those three canes to make it into the pro football hall of fame, or at least into the final opportunity to debate it with all you guys, he makes it into the room who would be. Yeah. That's a great question because all of those guys are deserving. Reggie Wayne has been in there. And the other guy who will factor into whatever happens with those guys is Heinz Ward. Okay. Right. Remember him. So he's been, you know, on the ballot for a number of years. And so Hester's interesting because we know his prowess as a returner. I mean, that was that was his game. And, you know, we've talked about guys in the past like a Steve Tasker. You look at a Brian Mitchell, who was a great Bill Bates. Yeah, special team guy. Yeah. And, um, you know, Hester is, is probably going to force everybody to really, really say, okay, yeah, we know he was a receiver, 
you know, officially, but he was really this. And look at the record in, in terms of, um, yeah, just look at the look, <laughs> look at the facts. So I think there's going to be strong consideration there. Now, Reggie Wayne, I think, I, I think it's like okay, continue from last year basically, and uh, we, you know, we've moved a guy, we moved a couple of receivers, right? You yeah. Know, this year, and so now let's let's just look at it like that. Okay, if you got a couple more slots to bump up to that next level, who are they going to be? And Andre Johnson, like you said. Um, He's that guy who, a lot like Calvin Johnson. Yes. You know, but Andre Johnson still didn't have a quarterback in that Calvin Johnson. <laughs> and and that's going to be really interesting, too. So I think all of those guys eventually will obviously be in the room and then maybe even further than that. So Last question for you, Dick Vermeil. You think Vermeil's a Hall of Fame coach? It's it yeah because you you talk about some of the people that have gotten in there and the thing that I like about Dick Vermeil which I also like about Mike Holmgren is the fact that they've done it with different teams right not yep. necessarily won Super Bowls but in Holmgren's case won Super Bowls consistent and then you know goes on to Green Bay and and so that weighs heavily with me okay is if you've been to this team, and you built them. You've been here, you built them. So, um, yeah, Vermeil gets he gets a lot of love from me. And I, I, you know, it's 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 weird. Everything is always so weird when it comes to trying to figure out what the other people in the room think. Because I know what I think, and usually, Silio, I leave <laughs> out of there ticked off every day, you know, because I'm something for somebody, and not so much carrying the banner for somebody, but just feeling passionately about this person and I did the Charles Haley is a great example and Michael Urban, you know, I mean, I was always in that room saying, Hey, wait a minute, this guy. That guy. So, um, yeah, I, I, I leave out of there ticked off a couple of your, yeah, your, 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 uh, your guys from the U, you know, but Hey, your boy, Edrin, I didn't go because I, I had something else going, but I heard he had the hall of fame party of the week. No surprise. Right. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.